0: Turning your Bibles to one Peter, chapter one, or one Peter. Let's let's just go chapter one, and and we're continuing, of course, angels. And like I said, if you got a question, input, just stop me. We'll talk about it. We realize the Word of God has a lot to say about angels. Is there, how many references? A hundred Old Testament. How many New Testament round figures? One hundred sixty-five. So there's about two hundred sixty-five references to angels in the Bible. And during the life of Christ, think of all the contact he had with them, his teaching words as angels. In our world today, people want supernatural things. That's, that's what it is. Uh, the The world as a whole uh, realizes that just the old, just the old drab world, as they call it, say, like, you know, just there's something more. So they realize that eternity, people have, everybody has eternity written in their hearts. Ecclesiastes says that. So they know there's something more. There is as you know, the cults and the occults. And by the way, when we get further down, and I'm going uh, I'm redoing the outline as I study because I'm continuing to get more to it. I'll probably in the next week or two, I'll hand you a new outline that can goes in the front of your study. But we're gonna do at least one lesson and maybe two on the occult that ties in because all the occult comes from who? Listen, the Bible. Uh, are there false gods? No, there's not. I mean, there's only one God. There's no other God, but people worship things as false gods, and and demons are worshipped. When when people worship anything other than the true God, who are they worshiping? They're worshiping the demons. They worship the the spirit beings of that world. And so we're going to talk about the occult because there's a lot of things that tie in. We got a lot of people today that want to get in touch with their angel. What they ought to want to get in touch is with Jesus Christ. But we'll talk more about There's There's the spirit world. We said last time there's a lot of misinformation. In our first two lessons, we saw the existence of angels, the organization of angels. But tonight, we're going to begin looking at ministry. And we're talking primarily the good angels. There's both good and bad, and we're going to look at the ministry of the good angels. We're going to see uh, basically how they relate to Christ, how they relate to the the Father, the the Son, and the even people, and how all that works. And and then when we get a little further on, we'll spend a good bit of time on Satan and then the demons and how they relate to us and what they try to do. So there's a, a whole bunch there. So let's do this. The central message of the Bible deals with the what? The cross of Christ. When you think about the central message of the Bible, it's the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, I draw it it differently than a lot of people do. I always, this is the death and resurrection because Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. Uh, uh, If you go in our church and you look on our cross, who's on it? Nobody, Nobody, because Jesus died and rose again. In some groups he's still on the cross because he dies every week. He dies every time they meet. And, and Jesus died only once. And he died. The cross of Christ is the key to everything. The, the, the story of the Bible. What is it? We have it written right there. What is it? Perfect God brings sinful man, here's fallen man, back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. And this is Jesus dying on the cross to pay for our sin. That's what the whole thing is about. From Adam and Eve throughout the whole, all the events, last events of the Bible, beginning events of the Bible, it all focuses on Jesus Christ. The Old Testament looks forward to the coming of Christ. The New Testament looks back to the Christ who came. That's that's what this is all about. Now, so when we think about it, we go, wow, isn't that amazing? Everything centers around the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I've determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him what? Anybody know? Crucified. He said that's the message that Jesus died on the cross to pay for the sins of mankind. Of course, we know the death and the resurrection. I want you, uh, listen Listen to this. 1 Corinthians one seventeen. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. This is Paul writing. Not in cleverness of speech that the cross of Christ should not be made void." What is our message? The Gospel is the what? The death and resurrection of Christ. Jesus Christ came and died for us and rose again. That's the message. So, this was, this was, if you go to the Old Testament, the Old Testament talked about the coming Messiah and all this. Now, I want you to look at Peter, at First Peter chapter 1, because we're going to see that Peter is dealing with the salvation message. So just write that in in First Peter 1. And I want you to see verse 10. And you may have never thought about it quite this way. We looked at this verse a long time ago. When I say a long time ago, probably the first week, which is now three weeks ago, but it seems like eternity. But anyway, look at verse 10. As to this, uh, Peter is writing and he says, as to this salvation, he's talking about the salvation that we know about Jesus Christ. As to this salvation, the prophets, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, you know what he 's saying? The prophets who told the message about the coming messiah checked it out. They were trying to figure out how all this would fit together so the one ten the basically is this this uh, that they had a, this message, and the prophets made. Careful search and inquiry, okay? Careful search and inquiry. You can see where to fill in the blanks, but that's what it says. They made a careful search. Now, the prophets wanted to understand it. Did you know that? Think about this. Do you think when Isaiah wrote all this stuff that he understood everything he was writing? Do you think that Jeremiah understood? Do you think Daniel understood? You remember when we studied the book of Daniel? It said, Daniel said, I don't understand. He said, just write it, it's seal it up. It'll be for the end times. Daniel didn't even understand all the things he was writing. So sometimes the prophets didn't. It's it said, what y'all got a question? What y'all okay? Oh, yes. oh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back over it again. Prophets make careful what? Search and inquiry. They were checking it all out. Okay? B- yes. This Yeah, this message. Or you could put even this salvation, either one you wanted to put in there. Now look at verse eleven. They made careful search and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories to follow. You know what they're saying? We wanted to know who the Messiah was. We wanted to know when he was coming. We wanted to put this together. The prophets said, we wanted to put together. The prophets wanted to know the time. They wanted to understand what was going on. Now watch verse 12. And verse 12, the thing is I want you to notice. Look what he says. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. They weren't prophets for themselves. But you, how were the prophets serving us? But you have no idea? Okay, did they not write the message that we have today? Did they not tell us about the coming Messiah? Did they not tell him he'd be the son of David? Did they not tell us? And he told us all that, Right. And so he says, they weren't serving themselves, they were serving you in these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit from heaven. He says, they were serving themselves, and now the people who are proclaiming the message, you got it. But then look at the end of the verse. Things, this whole thing's about the salvation message. Things into which angels, what? Long to look. So if you want to put things, angels, long to look to look. They want to see it. You understand that the message of Jesus Christ, the salvation message, the plan that God would take sinful man and bring him back to himself, the story of the perfect God bringing sinful man back to himself using his son Jesus Christ, angels want to look into this. And let me tell you something that's kind of unique. This Greek word for look means to peek down like this. It's like angels said, I'd like to see what they're doing. I, that's really what it means. It, it actually means to bend down and look. And so it says angels desire to long to see what we know. Now, angels want to know about the salvation message. Why would you think that? Why would they, why would they want to know about the salvation message that God has for mankind? Because they don't. Because what? They don't have a plan. That's exactly it. I've got why. Because there's no plan for the angels. They desire to know why, but there's no plan for them. Now, we talked this about this, uh, I think, last week or maybe two weeks before, and here's what we said. So here's, my, here's the angels, and they sinned. Some did. There's good angels who didn't sin, and there's the bad angels who sinned. And so angels sinned, and God says, okay, good angels, you're with me. Good angels, you're with me. Bad angels... You have a destiny, which is lake of fire. What if an angel said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I'm, I'm sorry. There's no salvation. But then angels who were created before us, who were created when? Before the creation of the world, because they sang with joy when God created the world. They see And then they see man comes along and he's got it made. He's got the whole world in his hands. He had it in his hands, but he lost it, right? He's got everything. And what happened? He sinned. And now there aren't good men and bad men. There's what? bad men. All people, all people are bad and they're sinners. So what did God do? God said, no, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son. He's actually going to become a man. He's going to die for them, rise again. He's going to pay for their sin. And anyone who just believes, they get to be with me. And the ones who don't believe, the unbelievers, they go to the lake of fire. Now what could an angel say about that? That's not. Fa- Wait a minute. Well, that doesn't seem fair to me. These, these sinned we're better than they are. Men are made lower than angels. They could say, we're better than they are. I mean, we can whip them up a storm. One of us could kill 185,000 of them. Easy, right? So angels could say, aren't we better than they are? So why did you not plan a way of salvation for us? We don't have no idea. And we'll talk more about it as we go through this. But this, why do you think angels want to look at all this and say, I wonder how this works? Why? Because they don't have it. They don't have it. In fact, no plan for the angels. Matthew 25, 41, the the lake of fire is for the devil and his angels. That's what it's planned for. Now, in the original plan, uh, after the fall, and then God's plan that the angels, or the bad angels, go to the lake of fire, the devil and his angels. When man sinned, God provided a way of salvation. But what if a person doesn't take the way of salvation? Where do they go? Lake of fire. Were the lake of fire planned for human beings? Not originally? No. It was for the devil and his angels. But, so when we think about it, we'll, we'll try to put this together. You know, we said that there's good angels and bad angels. Sometimes we call them elect angels. Sometimes we call them fallen angels. Sometimes we call them demons. But what do these angels do? What, what's their ministry? And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look primarily at the good angels. And it's going to take really two lessons. One is, tonight we'll look at the good angels and how they deal with basically God and man. And then next week, we're going to look at how they deal with Jesus. And what is so amazing to me is when I started looking at it, I just, I mean, you know it, but you know a lot of it. And then you go, oh yeah, I knew that. I never thought of that. I I mean, I I knew it, but I didn't know it. And you'll see that they're everywhere. They're everywhere in Jesus' The whole time being, especially on this earth, especially in the future, and we see it that they're dealing with us and everything. We talked the very first week about uh, about entertaining angels, what? Unaware? There there may be angels that you have dealt with even today that you didn't know, that God brought them into your life for a particular reason. We just don't know. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at four things, okay? A, B, C, and D. A is special aspects special aspects of angels. We're just going to talk about them for a minute and then and, and kind of look back and forth at wh- who are they? What are they? What do they do? B is the, uh, these angels' ministry to God, ministry to God. And we, when we're talking about God, we're talking primarily God the Father, okay? Angels' ministry to God. And there's some things in there that, you, you know, you know. In fact, a lot of this that we're looking at in this study, uh, except for a few weird things, I mean, you'd say, I've heard a lot of this. I I know a lot of it. C is the angel's ministry to mankind, to people. Angel's ministry to mankind. And then the last one, D, is going to be angel's ministry to Christ. So that's going to take us this week and next week. And I'm just, um, I'm amazed. I thought, okay, maybe we can do it one lesson. But then I realized, oh, my gracious, how much is in here. And so, especially when we start looking at Christ. Let's start by looking at the special aspects. And when we think about special aspects, we think about, uh, we've already seen a lot about these beings. But there's some things that we already know or some things maybe we hadn't thought about. Let's just put it out. Number one, the first thing is they can assume bodily form. Angels can assume the form of a human being. Now, that's weird to me in one sense. You've got this being that's a spirit being, but this being can look like a person. And, and uh, think about it. In, in uh, Genesis 19, there, there was um, uh, Lot at the, at the city, and these two, two people came. But they were angels. They looked just like people. He thought they were two people. He said, wash your feet, do this, Come come to my house and eat with me. He thought they were people. They weren't people. They were angels. They had already previously, if you go back to chapter 18 and chapter 17, these two angels along with Jesus had appeared to Abraham and told him they were going to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's when Abraham knew that Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, which is his nephew, and he didn't want his nephew to die. So he said, well, what if there are 50 righteous people? Would you destroy it? And God said, no, 45. No, 40. No. 30? No. 20? No. 10? Got it all the way down to 10. And he said, if there are 10 righteous people, would I not destroy the city? There weren't even 10 believers in Sodom and Gomorrah. There weren't 10 people that were believers. And so they, they left. And so they, it, it's amazing. We'll see more that they did. Think about Daniel. Uh, he, he went out by the river, and one day he looked up by the rock river and he had this vision, and there was a, a, one being on one side of the bank, and then there was another being floating above the river. But it was like, it was a person. It looked like a person floating above the thing. When Mary went to the tomb, you remember? She went to the tomb to find Jesus, and she looks in, and what did she see? Anybody remember? She saw two angels, one sitting at the head, one sitting at the foot, but they looked like people, and they, they were white and shining, but they looked like people. So they take form. They, and so now let me raise this question. Um, okay, let me ask you this. When Jesus got the guys and they were on the Mount of Olives, and he was about to ascend into heaven, and they said, "Is it time for the kingdom?" He says, "Not for you to know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you." And He told them all that. And then right then, what happened to him? He just ascended, and they watched him go up in. And while they're watching, all of a sudden, two men are standing beside them in white clothes. And they said, why are y'all looking up there? Get back into the city and do what you're supposed to do. That's what they did. So angels look, can look like people. So could it be that... Now, some of these angels, they're white, shining clothes, and I think it's on purpose, so that they'll know exactly who they are. But there's times that angels appear and look like people, and you can't necessarily tell if it's a person or an angel. Here's another question, and just think about it. What about demons? Well, that's a, I mean, that's a, well, it, yeah, I'd say it that way, because if we say they can only possess then we're right, we're for sure of that. But we, we don't, one thing about it, you don't, it's rare when you start looking in the scripture and you say what do these demons look like do they what form do they take well almost all the demons that you see in the New Testament are what they're possessing some person or something and they get cast out and and like some go into the pigs and some do something else and we we don't know where they go because it doesn't say what they look like when they left and they get no form Uh, we'd say that when Satan tempted mankind did he come like a spirit being what did he look like Snake, you know, and I'm not talking about a crawling on the belly snake because they didn't crawl at that time. And and so, when you really look at it, and um, there's some of these beings that come up out of the ground that look like scorpions. If those are demons, then they they have a form, okay? But I'm just saying, when especially when you look in the New Testament and you look at demon possession, and we're going to talk about demon possession when we get over to the to the occult because that's a that's just something to think about. Okay, so the first one is what they yeah. Okay, you talking about in Genesis six, the best we can tell. Yeah. Okay, before the flood, we talked about this last week, just for briefly, but we didn't really go into detail. It seems to me that if you read Genesis six and First and Second Peter and Jude, something happened at the time of the flood that it says in Genesis six, the sons of God saw the daughters of men. And came together with them. The Old Testament name, sons of God, is referring to angels. So what we think happened, I know it sounds weird, and it just this is what we think happened, that some bad angels came down and had sexual relations with human beings and produced offspring that were called Nephilim or giants. And they were called mighty men of renown. And some believe they were really like half angel, half man. And about that time then God decided to do, destroy the world. And I think he did that is because we're polluting the human race and there wouldn't be a true human for the Messiah to come through. That's you know who knows, but anyway, mo- some people say no no sons of sons of God mean kings and daughter of men mean somebody else, and it just means and some people say sons of God mean believers and daughters of men were unbelievers, but the only thing that matches because when you start going over to first Peter, second Peter, and jude there's angels who didn't keep their estate, angels who did something wrong, and these angels are judged in place in Tartarus, so whatever these angels did, it even mentions in second Peter about at the time of noah. Noah, when eight, so, so it happened about the time of Noah and the flood. So, is that the question? To, best I can tell, they wouldn't be good. They wouldn't be good angels. They wouldn't be the angels that serve God. They'd have to be bad angels trying to, to destroy what the lineage. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't say. All it says is sons of God uh, saw the daughters of men and took them or something. So that's all it says. The the, the both Jude and Second Peter talk about angels. Not keeping their own estate, but going with strange flesh. That's what it says. And, and that has this idea that, uh, of course, angels don't mate in that sense. But it was saying like angel went with somebody that wasn't an angel strange flesh. It's just a weird passage. But if you said to me, what do you think actually happened? I think angels made it with human beings and produced offspring that were half angels. And they were going to continue to pollute the race. And I think that since the evil of man was there, God just uh, got Noah and his wife and their three sons and their three wives. Now, building the ark it took 120 years to build the ark so noah they didn't say build the ark get it done in about a week and then get on there and just y'all ate they had 120 years it says noah was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years he proclaimed the message nobody listened to him and when it's time to get on the ark the only people that got on the ark were the eight people so i hope that helps but that's kind of that's a weird thing it doesn't say at all and and if if it possibly could they have come and look like people when they did this? I, I just don't know. I usually try not to think about that. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Trevor. We'll see me after class. But anyway, okay. I, All right, is that number, we're still on number one? Okay, okay, we'll go faster. Number two, number two, they communicate. Number two, angels communicate. They communicate with other angels. They communicate with God. They communicate with man. In Job chapter one, I'm just going to read over there. You don't have to turn there at all. But in Job chapter one, it says this, because there's this, you know, the idea of, there was this man named Job, and then it, it says in verse 6, it says, Now the day when the sons of God... Came to present themselves for the Lord, and Satan came, and Lord said to Satan, "Where'd you come from?" And Satan. T- so they're they're communicating, and we already know that the an- angels speak to other angels. Angels speak to people. Angels spoke to Daniel. Angels spoke to Mary. Angels spoke to Zacharias. Angels, you know. So the angels do this. We know that angels uh, in, in a dream communicated four times. If you remember last Sunday morning, four different times, angel in dreams communicated with Joseph. You know, before him, with him and Mary. So just, they communicate, okay? Number three, they're above humans. And what I mean by that is their statue, their pl- remember we said that there was God, be- there's, the, you know, the, 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 the God being, in a sense, God. And then there are angelic spirit beings, angels. And then there are human beings, that's man. And then there are animals. And angels are actually higher than people, because when Jesus came, it says, and Jesus, who was made for a while a little lower than the angels, that's when he became a person. And so when we think about angels, they Lord, Hebrews Hebrews 2.9 says, Jesus, came, Jesus became a person a little lower than the angels. Does that mean that angels are more powerful than people? I think they are. I mean, yeah, I think when, because, but does that mean they have authority over people? No. In fact, uh, uh, if you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, Paul says, We shall judge the angels. Now, let me raise this question. We got, 1 Corinthians, just you look it up sometimes, chapter 6, verse 3. We're gonna judge angels. Will we judge good angels? Will we judge bad angels? What angels are we gonna judge? <laughs> you sound pretty dogmatic. No, that's that's pretty good. All right. I, I don't have no idea. Well, yes, yeah, according to when well, their destiny is set, but has their judgment come yet? You know, Because there's going to be people stand before the great white throne judgment. Yeah, and that's what they say. Have you come to Jesus before our time? And that, that's an amazing thing. Because we know that, you remember in James chapter 2, it says, even the angels believe and tremble. They, they're scared. They know, all the bad angels know, that they're not going to win. Now, I think Satan has enough pride, which is the evil of all that he thinks, I still might pull this thing off. I mean, I think he's that evil. And so, and who knows? But anyway, so number three, angels are above human beings. One day we'll judge them. Number four, angels exist forever. They exist forever. They will cre- They were created, and they said, let me, let me ask you this question, okay? Does God exist forever? Yeah, has he always existed? Yeah, see, it's like this. He goes this way, right? He's eternal. Now, when we say eternal, you, you think eternal go in this way, you know? Angels, were they created? Yeah, they were created at a time, and they go this way forever. What about people? We're created at a particular time, right? And then we go this way. What about animals? What happens when an animal dies? if you love dogs and you got one, they all go to heaven, right? That We all know that. We know that. Now, I don't think any cat's going to make it. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like cats too. I just don't like them around me. But anyway. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that... God, you know, the Bible talks about the Word of God abides forever. We know that God's Word abides forever. Human beings abide forever. God Himself abides forever. Angels that He created abide forever. Now, some are going to be in the lake of fire, and some are going to be with Him forever. So they don't die. They don't, also, the best we can tell, they don't reproduce. I mean, Jesus said they're like... He said, when you, when we get to heaven, we, there will not be marriage or given in marriage. There won't be making children or anything. He said, we'll be like the angels. So angels, the best we can understand, and we talked about this, I think, a week or two ago, when the fall happened... And when there were there were bad angels and good angels from that point on, the good angels are always good, and the bad angels are always bad. There's not any more decision making there's not a a good angel who say, "You know I could be bad no it, it they're they're locked in as best we can tell so they're the good angels and they're going to always be the good angels, and there's the bad angels that are always going to be the bad angels in that sense. they exist forever Luke chapter twenty verse thirty six says for they talking about uh, people. He said they cannot die anymore because they're like angels. And are the sons of God being sons of the resurrection. And so he's basically saying, people, once we, we don't die, you, you die once physically and then, then you're going to live on forever. You're going to exist on forever. And that's what he's saying. What about the animals? Here's what I'd like to say. Okay, I think that in the garden were there animals before the fall? Do you think there might be animals after the fall? Why not? And let me just say this. uh, If you need your doggy, (laughs) if you really, I I, I just think God is so great that he said, you want dogs? Get dogs. Take all the dogs you want, right? Take everything you want. I want Romeo and I want Juliet and I want sugar and I want the dogs, right? Isn't that what you say? But, you know, we might get up there and not even think about it that way. But if you, if you want, I just think that God is so great. When we get to the eternal state, it's going to be even better than paradise was on the earth. And that was incredible place. The Garden of Eden before the fall was incredibly beautiful, most likely. There were animals. And let me throw this out. This is, this is weird, but we talked about it when we talked about uh, Satan and tempting Eve, and we'll get more to that later. But, you know, he came as a serpent, and the serpent What? Talk to her, and we've said over and over that she didn't go, Hey, wait, hey, what are you, I've never heard an animal talk. I'm not saying animals talked, I'm just saying it seems strange to me that she wasn't surprised that this animal talked. Could it have been before the fall? That We know that uh, animals weren't scared of people before the fall. We know that animals didn't eat each other before the fall because there wasn't death Death came with sin. So animals couldn't be eating each other and chewing each other up and all that kind of stuff. So when somebody says, well, there were dinosaurs and they ate them, they were dinosaurs, but they didn't eat up each other. Nobody ate up anything until the fall because there wasn't death until sin entered the world. So when all these people throw all that stuff out, like, oh, well, you know, there was this pre thing and these animals, that, listen, then you've got death before sin. And the wages of sin is... Death and through one man sin into the world and death by sin. Death doesn't come into our world until the fall. So I, I, it could be that when we get to the eternal state, there's animals and we're hanging. You know, it could just be whatever you want, you know. All right. Uh, what's next? Number five. They, they had, let me put it in this way, they had free will and made choices. And the reason I put had is because once the fall happened, they don't have the free will to choose to rebel or any of those things. They're either rebellious or they're not. But they had that. I put Ezekiel 28 because that's where Ezekiel, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 is where Satan made a decision. He said, I will be like the Most High. I'll do what I want to do. And so they had uh, decision-making capacity. Think about this. Uh, let, me, let me read to you Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Listen to this. For if god did not spare angels when they sinned okay they made a choice they had a choice at a time that's second peter chapter 2 verse 4 so at one time angels could make choices now when and now i they i don't think they do now let me say this they they think well the, you remember when at the very toward the end of the bible when john sees this angel and he's seen all this amazing stuff for the future. And he falls down in front of that angel. And the angel says, Get up, don't worship me. I mean, he's, he's making some decisions, almost a choice, like don't worship me. But we're not talking about that. I, I think that the angels do things, but um, at one point they made, could make a choice to believe or not believe or obey or not obey. And some did not obey before their fall. They had to, right? Angels sinned. Second Peter 2 4 is supposed to say, Angels sinned because they chose to sin. But after the fall, that you know, like you know, we're saying that they're, they're not doing that anymore, because they're confirmed in either their state of righteousness or their state of, of, of evilness. Um, let me see this verse, Second uh, Peter two four. If God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, Tartarus, and committed to them pits of darkness reserved for judgments. So angels made a choice at one time to rebel or not rebel. And best we can tell, there's a place in Revelation where it says the dragon did this and a third of the stars fell with him. Most believe that a third, people say that maybe a third of the angels went with Satan. Out of all the millions and millions of angels that God created, uh, some believe from that one verse that maybe a third of the angels followed Satan. So... There's a lot of bad angels. There's, there's a lot more good angels. If, if it's true, two-thirds of all the angels are good, if, if that's true. We don't know. We don't know how many fail. We don't know if that verse even has anything to do with it. But most people look at it that way. Number six, and this is what we've talked about before. There is no salvation for fallen angels. There is no salvation for fallen angels. Hebrews Hebrews 2.16 God does not give help to angels. So uh, there's just no salvation for them. We've talked about it before. There's no plan of salvation for them. They desire to look at us. They desire to figure out what in the world uh, is God doing. Okay, now we're going to go, just because of time, we're going to go a little bit faster. I'm just going to give you more of these. uh, But we we can talk about it more. The, The ministry, what do angels do for God? Okay, the first one, what do you think they do? They well okay. They let's do this. They worship him. Psalm one forty eight one and two talks about worshiping. Let me just get it for you. Psalm one forty eight. Uh, you don't have to turn to some of these just because of lack of time. Psalm one forty eight. It, it basically says, "Praise the Lord, praise the Lord." And then he says in verse two, "Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts." And so they worship God. Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, you saw that the seraphim were with him, and they had six wings, and they covered their face, and they said, Holy, holy, holy Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. They're worshiping God. That's what they're doing. They're bringing glory to God. They're worshiping Him. Revelation chapter 4, if you just want to write that one down, in Revelation chapter 4, uh, basically verses 8 through 11, it's the same thing. They're all around the throne and these angels are falling down and they're giving glory to God and they're saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. So angels worship God. And some angels, it appears, around the throne worship Him continually, ongoing, all the time. They never stop. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to worship him, right? Because he, he's our God. He's our God. He's our Savior. He's our King. He's our everything. The second thing they do is they serve God. Psalm one hundred three, verse twenty, says they perform His word, which means they carry out what He says to do. So when he says, go there or do this, that's what they do. So they worship, uh, they uh, serve God. Uh, Let me just give you this, that in Revelation 7 and in Revelation 16, he tells angels to do certain things and they go do it. Okay? So that's all I want You don't have to write everything down, but just remember, they do whatever he says for them to do. And let me ask you this, Do, do bad angels do what God says for him to do? When Satan came and said, the only reason Job worships you... Is because you've given a great life, and what did God say? I will let you touch Him. He couldn't do anything. Anything that ever happens to us, it has to come through the arms of our great Savior. Nothing's going to touch us that God doesn't allow. He just doesn't. Number three, he, they deliver messages because what's their name? Messengers. Messengers. In Daniel chapter ten, they give prophecies. Uh, what did they say? What did they say to Mary? What they say to Mary? You're going to have a baby. What they say to Joseph? She's going to have a baby. What they say to the shepherds? A baby's born. I mean, over and over. They, they bring messages to God and to people. They deliver these messages. They take the messages to Daniel, to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, on and on and on. That's number three. And that's why I put Luke chapters 1 and 2 because in Luke 1 and chapter 2 is where the angel comes to Zacharias and where the angel comes to Mary and where the angels come to shepherds, and they're bringing messages from God. Number four, they bring judgment. They bring judgment. Listen to this. Once again, this is Genesis 19. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom and Lot saw him, he rose up, bowed down and he said, here, come inside, uh, let me wash your feet and then give you some food and then you can leave in the morning. Does he think they're angels? It says they're angels, but he doesn't think it's angels. And then what did he do? They they brought judgment. They said, listen, we're fixing to bring judgment down. And when verse 15 says, when the morning dawned, the angel said to Lot, get up, get your wife, get your daughters, or you will be swept away in the punishment of this city. They bring judgment. Here's one of my favorite. It sounds weird, but it's unusual. In Acts, you don't have to even turn that. Well, Acts 12, 23, I actually put it in there. I didn't know I did. Just listen to this. Acts chapter 12, there was a king, his name was Herod, not Herod the Great, but one of his sons. He got up to speak one time, and he was an evil man. And he got up to speak, and he put on a royal apparel, and it tells Josephus writes and says that he had on an outfit that was like silver, and it shone, and the sun hit off of him, and it reflected off, and he got up to speak, and the people kept crying out, the voice of a God and not a man. And I think he was going like, "That's right, that's right." And then it says, "Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and died." So the next time somebody said, "Man, you're talking good," no, no, grace of God, grace of God, all the way. <laughs> Special event number five, they they ministry to God they do special events. By the way, the angels were there when God created. That's Job thirty eight, four through seven. That's at the creation. They were there. They shouted for joy and sang. And then it may surprise you, do you understand in Galatians three nineteen, it actually says that angels were the mediator to give the law to Moses? Who wrote who wrote the Ten Commandments? God did with his finger. Who, who somehow was some kind of go-between between God and Moses? Angels. That's what it says in Galatians. Huh? The, yeah, number five is special events, things that they do. We're, we're talking about how they serve God. They're there at these special events. They were there at creation. They were there at the giving of the law. Okay, any other questions? Are y'all okay on that? Okay, let's quickly look at God's, uh, at their ministry to us. Well, this is good. We like this, right? This is us. Okay, they serve us. They serve believers. Hebrews 1.14, They serve believers. It says, aren't they ministering spirits sent out to to render service for the sake of those who inherit salvation? They 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 serve us. There's a place in Acts where an angel comes to Philip and says, I want you to. God wants you to go down and do this. So they're serving believers. They're telling us what to do. Number two, they bring messages from God. To us, and that's where you, I got. I put Luke one twenty six through thirty eight. That's where the angel comes to Mary. I, I didn't put it in there. It's a blank. You can put it out beside it if you want to. Luke one twenty six through thirty eight, uh, and that's where Mary and Zacharias and Daniel and Cornelius and Paul they all get messages from God, and they get messages from God by the angels. The third one, this is an amazing one. They answer prayers. Did you know that angels sometimes answer? prayers? Acts chapter 12. Listen to this. Herod, the same Herod that looked good and got eaten by worms, this same Herod put, killed James with the sword, James and John, and then put Peter into prison. And he was going to kill him. And so when they put him in there, they put all these soldiers and everything. And then it says this, the very night they were going to bring Peter out, he was sleeping. And behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in, in the light in the cell, struck Peter on the side, woke him up, said, Get up. Chains fell off. Angel said, Put your clothes on. He put his clothes on. Angel said, Put your cloak around you. Follow me. They went out. A door opened by itself. P- 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 Peter said, I thought it was a vision. He thought, I, I don't know what's going on. They passed through the first and second guard. They came out of iron iron gate. They came out of the city. The gate opened by itself. They came out into the street, and the angel disappeared. That was an answer prayer because if you keep reading in the passage, it says that Peter decided to go to John Mark's mother's house where prayer was being held to have Peter released. That's what they were praying for. So they answer prayer sometimes. Um, um, the uh, angel delivered uh, Peter. He, they got arrested in the very early part. And an angel came, and they put them in jail. They put two or three of them in jail and said, we'll, we'll meet with y'all in the morning. And during the night, the angel came and opened the gate and let them out and said, go, uh, go preach in the morning. And so when they got there the next morning to go get them, they weren't in jail anymore. And they said, where did they, where did they go? And somebody said, well, they're still out there preaching. Angel let them out. Angel answered to prayer. Number four is a little bit unique. Angels observe Christians' work and suffering. I'm going to read you the verse. Just write that they observe um, ministry and suffering. You could put it that way. They, they observe what happens. They see what goes on. Listen to this verse. Let me read it to you. Paul is writing. He says, I think God has exhibited us as apostles, last of all, as men condemned to death, because we've become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and men. He says, the angels see what we're doing. Angels see what you're doing. Think about it. Wow, it's so amazing. <coughs> Angels are interesting, are interested in what God does. Let me read this verse for you. I mean, what God, what we do? No. Key number key. four is observe, observe Christian work and suffering. And, and I quoted First Corinthians four nine, where we were spectacles, and talking about Paul said that. First Timothy chapter five, verse twenty one says, "I solemnly charge you in the presence of God." and of Christ, and His chosen angels to do your ministry. Angels watch our ministry. They watch what we're doing. Exactly. No, no, no. They're doing what God wants them to do. Because God is the one that sent the angel to get them out of prison. Yeah, God is the one that... Yeah, God. Prayer, yeah. when I say they answer prayer, they, they, they answer the prayer. People are praying, so God uses angels to answer the prayer. Yeah, yeah. Look at this next one. Number five. Provides and protects Man for brides and protects man. Do you understand that angels protect you? First Kings 19. I'm going to tell the story quickly. Elijah had just had the greatest victory of his life, he challenged the 400 prophets of Baal. He said, the nation of Israel was worshipping the the wrong thing and he said look let's make a decision if God is God worship him if Baal is God worship him let's have a contest get the 400 prophets of Baal we'll build altars you build an altar I'll build an altar whichever one comes down fire from heaven first that's the true God he said y'all go ahead they built their altar they cut themselves they jumped around it it was like hours and hours nothing happened and he said maybe your God's asleep maybe he's using the bathroom I actually said that maybe he's using the bathroom and then when they got through he built an altar, covered it up, basically poured even water on it, and then looked up and fire came down and blew the whole thing to pieces. It was amazing. And they jumped on those 400 prophets and they killed every one of them. And the woman that was worshipping those 400 prophets was named Jezebel. And she was the queen of Ahaz and Jezebel. And she was so wicked, she told Elijah, if you're here tomorrow I'll kill you. What do you think he did? He ran for his life. He had just had the greatest victory of his life. And oftentimes when something big happens, there's a letdown. And he ran off and hid. And he ran all the way into the woods and he all the way down to the desert. And he's all by himself. And God sent an angel to feed him and to take care of him. That's 1 Kings. Daniel 6. Guess what happened? Where's Daniel in Daniel 6? Lion's den. What does God do? Sends an angel to do what? Shut the mouth of the lions. What's Daniel chapter 3? That's that's the three boys in the fiery furnace. God sends an angel to protect them. Uh, Acts 27, 23 and 24. Paul's on a ship. They've been in a storm for over 20-something days. They've lost all hope. They're all going to die. Paul had already told them earlier when they got ready to go on the trip, don't make the trip but they didn't listen to him. And so right in the middle of all this mess, Paul stands up and said, you should have listened to me. And, uh, and you think they're going to kill him. And he says, by the way, an angel of the God I serve came and told me, we will, no one will die. We will all be safe. However, we're going to crash. And they did. And everybody was safe. That's Daniel, at uh, uh, Acts 27. And then, of course, you know the story of Luke, of Genesis 19. We just quoted that, where the angels come to Sodom. And what do they do? They protected Lot. They got him out of the city. In fact, they had to grab him by the hand. He didn't want to go. What happened to his wife? She became a pillar of salt because she didn't want to go. You know, a lot of people say she looked back. And you say, just looking back, why would that be such a big deal? It wasn't that she just looked back like this. She was going, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> salt. Well... Well, maybe the cows will enjoy you, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Okay. Look at number six. Number six, angels are present at death. Oh, Luke sixteen twenty two. Angels are present at death. Luke sixteen twenty two. now it came about that the poor man died, he's a believer, and he was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, that's the heart of the earth. And the rich man also died and was buried. It doesn't say angels took him away. Angels take the believers, best we can tell. And you know, I told you those stories uh, uh, that's happened to me, uh, that I've been with people and they were about to die. And I've been in the hospital room with people about to die. And someone would say, I see I see the angels. And it wasn't very long. They died. And, and that's I've, I've seen that. I've had other people tell me stories about that as well. We know that the best we can tell from uh, Matthew 18, there may be guardian angels. There's something that, as he says in that passage, that's Matthew 18, uh, 10. Um, number seven, they serve unbelievers. Yes. By the way, you know that there was a thing going around, it's been about 20 years ago now, that people were saying that God doesn't hear the prayer of unbelievers. Did you all ever hear that? Have you all ever heard people say that? Yes. yes. Right? or no? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God doesn't hear the prayer of unbelievers. Does He hear the prayer of unbelievers? He can hear the prayer of anybody. He knows everything. Can He answer the prayer of unbelievers? He can do anything He wants to do. He hears everything. Luke chapter uh, 10 A man named Cornelius is not a believer. He worships God, but he's not a believer. He doesn't know anything. And he built something for the Jews, and he's a nice man. And an angel of the Lord comes and says, your prayers have gone up to God, so I want you to send to a city, ask for a guy named Peter. He will come here and tell you how you can have salvation. Angel. That's to an unbeliever. Hmm? Hmm? That's Acts 10. Yeah, that's, that's number 7. They serve unbelievers. And last but not least, my favorite one is Luke 15. I'm going to read it to you. I'll read the verse. You tell me what they do. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, changes their mind. There's joy at what? Joy when somebody what? There's joy when people trust. Listen, when a person trusts Christ, who's happy? We are. And God's happy. But guess who else is happy? Angels. Now, you think these have to be the good angels because they ain't the bad angels. They're not happy. They don't want anybody to believe. They don't want anybody to go because they're not going. But the good angels have eternity with us. And they say, isn't this wonderful? Somebody believed in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So applicate when I say application, we got more to go in deck. Next week we're gonna talk about what they did with Christ. Okay, and it's amazing. You will be shocked at how the angels deal with Jesus Christ. It's it shocked me. Okay, applications. Number one, let's understand the angels' ministries. Let's understand them. They they serve God, they're spirit beings, they serve God, they serve mankind, they serve Jesus, they serve both good, you know, believers and unbelievers, that kind of thing. So just understand the angels' ministry. Number two, understand angels' ministries to God. Understand what they do for God. What are some things? What do you remember back? They they, they serve him, they worship him, they send messages, they bring judgment, they, they carry out his will, they do all kind of things for God. Number three, understands angels' ministry to people. That's us. What do they do for us? They do what? Deliver they deliver messages. They protect, they protect us. They provide. They provide. Huh? Serve us. That's hard to believe, isn't it? A spirit being from God serves you and serves me. They're, I mean, it's like, uh, I need some help. They're, I got to be here somewhere. They're amazing. They're, they are there at our death. It is to me. It, it You know, she said it's so comforting. It is to me to know that when you die and, you know, to be absent from the body is to be. Well, who takes us there? I think the angels take us there.